Welcome to episode 50 of Bat and Spider. We are now officially over the hill. I just blew up and um, hung up some of those uh, black tombstone balloons that say over the hill. Oh, beautiful. I can remember, so... I'm going way off track here, Chuck. This is, I'm ready. This is a celebration. This is 50, 50th episode of yeah. Bat and Spider, where we uh, are discussing the film by Edward G. Wood. D. Plan 9 from Outer Space. <laughs> Edward D. Wood? Edward D. Wood, Jr. Chuck is pissed at me right now. <laughs> Chuck is so mad. That's what happens. A friend of the show and a Discord user, Pop Fenton, zombie tour is incredible. Mm. We will discuss this and much, much more on the 50th episode of Bat and Spider 50. I'm very excited to talk about this. This is a biggie. Um, yeah, it's a biggie. It's a biggie. It's a biggie. Feels good to, to uh, be on this 50th ride with you uh, on this yeah, doesn't beautiful it? 50th? black swing set. I think if you crunch the numbers and you read medium posts, medium <laughs> articles, um, you know, a lot of podcasts don't make it out of their infancy. They they put one to five pot ish. They put one to five episodes out and that's, you know, that's it. People think yeah. it's easy. People think they're just going to start making millions. <laughs> they, 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 they think. You know, yeah. they think they're going to put out an episode and, and uh, they're going to be the next Earwolf production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They think like we're a, we're almost a year in like people probably yeah. would assume that we would have like studios built in downtown L.A. by now. Uh, we'd be having like development deals. Um, we'd have a whole network of shows. Uh, right. The dream. Yeah. You know, we'd have representation. Yeah. It would be, you know, it's every, you know, but no, it's that's not. That's not real life, guys. Yeah. As much as you want to believe and, you know, we have our haters out there who are constantly ragging on us about, you know, what we've done with our power. But, you know, I sit in the same chair that I do for my uh -huh. eight hours of work all day. Uh -huh. My the insides of my thighs are just as clammy as ever on this leather chair that I thought I would uh, I was making an investment in and buying yeah. when really it's like a terrarium. It like it, it, it encourages uh, growth in the humid areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think I've had a haircut since we started this. I'm still rocking the same hair. Oh, God. I, I mean, I think you are too. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but if, if we could take a year back to now, uh -huh. what, what will really be the fire picture is, you know, you being like BA on your skateboard, like those action <laughs> shots. Chuck. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's coming up in a couple months. We're going to get there. Some real good cropping going on there. And now it's, you, you just got to get the wind blowing in all that hair mm. of yours right now. Oh God. You're like a mountain man. It was like 62 degrees out today. Oh man. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to get outside in a t-shirt. Just walk amongst that's, the trees. Can't wait. That's pretty hefty. Yeah. Yeah. 62. That's mm -hmm. noise. Yeah. Chuck. Nothing to sniff at. What's what else is going on um, since we last spoke since episode 49 when we were merely a beginner podcast yeah. episode 50 next tier up. It reminds me, Chuck, of between last week and this week being unranked in Rocket League. But now, Chuck, 
What's your gold rank? three? What is it? Gold is, three? Am I gold or am I silver? I'm silver three. Silver three. Silver three. That's amazing. Thank you. Is it amazing? Yeah, man. I mean, I used to live in silver. That's where I lived. That was my. That was that was me for the first five years of my Rocket League career, sitting in yeah. silver. Oh yeah. That's nothing to sniff at. In between the seasons now, because it's free to play or whatever, does it? Do you regress back to unranked, or am I always silver now? Yeah, they'll. I think the season ends in a week or two, and then they'll reset everything. <laughs> and I think you've got to replace. It doesn't take long though. Like if you're playing regularly, it it won't take long. I'm gonna be unranked again, Chuck. Yeah. Okay. All right. Turn it off. Turn everything off. I'm done. <laughs> I you mean, know, I try keep... to have some fun for for an hour or two <laughs> once a week after recording, and you know, I work. I put the work in. <laughs> well, I I got to platinum a few weeks ago for the first wow. time in my life, and I I was on top of the world, and I I went and bragged to some of our our friends about it, put up screenshots of my platinum badge, yeah. and almost immediately. I had the worst string of bad luck and now I'm down. I'm in like struggling to get out of gold too. Though my brother who plays sometimes, he he did he stopped playing for like a few weeks and he went he said he came back. The game felt really different. So I don't know if maybe I didn't notice they made some adjustments and maybe I didn't get worse, but they maybe they changed how the game plays or some physics stuff. I don't know. And maybe yeah, that's, that's why probably it was, what it was. Yeah, that's probably I mean it makes me feel better. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. God, I love Rocket League. It's the game that I can't get away from. Mm-hmm. It's just so easy. It's just so quick. You just get, you just sit down. You know, there's no big commitment. You know, it's like a 10 minute, get a game in, you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get yelled at by some 12 year olds, you know. Get your ass kicked. What a play, what a play, what a play. You miss a ball and your teammate just does a quick chat. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and, and yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. a dagger. What a save, what a save, what a save. It's a dagger straight to your heart from behind thanks teammate there's no amount of quick chat that will help you <laughs> yeah <laughs> that will help you convince them that you're an okay person yeah in, on the inside yeah. they start sending you private messages about what a bad player you are that you shouldn't be in uh competitive if you're gonna play like that <laughs> god it's All a great right. game though i love it rocket league everyone <laughs> We don't have to talk about it unless you want to talk about it, but I watched a lot of superhero movies of a certain variety this week. How many hours of superhero movies is that? It's like four, five, six. So like nine hours I watched last week of superhero movies. Um, God damn. And I was feeling spent after all that. Like that was a lot mm-hmm. of like, you know, that's like drinking Mountain Dew, you know, all you drink for like four days straight, you know. So I was like, yeah. I was sort of flailing. I was like, I need to watch them. I need to recalibrate. I need, I need something that's just the total opposite of what I went through. And I decided to watch my first Ingmar Bergman movie, Dale. I'm going to get all uh, uh, fancy pants on your A right now. <laughs> Ingmar Bergman. Ever heard of him? Swedish? Wow. Guy? Filmmaker? Yeah. Legend? I think... You know, if you were to re- if you were to reveal that information inside of seventy millimeters Discord channel, you would be they would like pick you up like you were in a throne, and they would pick you up like it were like a Jewish wedding, and they would carry you around. Hey, Mazel yeah. tov. I smashed the glass. Yeah, 
they would my... throw streamers on you because you're admitting <laughs> your like your love your you that you opened yourself up to cinema cinema uh so i watch a movie actually you know what there's a bat and spider tie-in i the reason i watched this movie i wasn't like oh i'm gonna watch a bergman finally even though you know for right. my whole life i've been in my head i'm like i gotta watch a bergman movie but i just never do it's like you know it's like reading the great novels you're supposed to read but you just never you, you know you end up watching beavis and butthead instead of you know reading yeah. war and yeah. peace or whatever um but Anna Biller, director of The Love Witch, one of my favorite movies, she tweeted about this movie, Summer of Monica, that uh, Bergman made in 1953, I think one of his earlier movies, and she like posted a screenshot of Harriet Anderson, who's the, the star, and just her few words about how she like identified with the, the main character and this picture of this character, I was just like... Uh, I got to watch this right now. Um, so I fired it up and it was just, it was, it was what my soul needed. It was just wow. a human story about two young lovers who, you know, they're, they're both sort of like fed up with their lives and they, they steal their dad's boat and go spend the summer like uh, hopping on islands in Sweden um <laughs> and it's like it's so great at first like they're just you know it's super romantic and they're just like doing what they want to do making coffee on the beach sleeping in a boat like it's just great but it just like slowly gets worse and worse as they like run out of food and you know they get start to get sick of each other and like monica gets pregnant spoilers um and finally it ends up with them having to go back to real life like you know, they 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 just realize uh, it's over. We have to grow up. We have to go back. And it, you know, I I won't spoil the ending, but it it's like it, it was just well, like you know, it's a small movie about you know characters that just feel so real that it it, it it's what my yeah. soul needed. It was like ah, this is this is like wow, this is just what I needed. I don't know. So yeah, so now I'm like now I'm like planning out my bergman watch like i'm like i already got i gotta watch all these things now i'm on board i get it now okay you got me you know in my little tiny dumb brain you know i don't give enough credit to older movies like that i always think they're they're on something you know they're on another level like they're yeah. uh or like know, they're it's not be telling those kind of stories yeah or be yeah because they're older they're like or romantic yeah yeah like they don't speak the current yeah. language so you're like well how complex could it be you know <laughs> right 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 and like with bergman like like all the movies are in swedish so it's like like you know how's that the language barrier gonna work like are the subtitles really what they're saying blah 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 you know totally deal i get it yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> but man it's like yeah. you know it, it when I, after watching this it's like okay i get it i get why like every director i like talks about bergman and you know how about you do you watch any garbage or non-garbage uh, yeah, Chuck, I did, and and something that you might be familiar with, mm -hmm. as you've trodden down this path frequent or uh, most, re you've trodden down this path recently. I watched for my little soul the first two Hellraiser movies. <laughs> oh wow! Yes, and yeah. The first time I've ever seen them, I never, I've really? never watched. I was always afraid of the imagery in, in Hellraiser. Oh, totally. But I'm a big boy now. 
I'm a super big boy. No, when I watched them last year, that was the first time for me. Because I think I had one issue of Fangoria as a little boy. <laughs> and oh. there were images from- Oh, yeah, it was enough to- Yeah, there was images from Hellraiser in there. And I was like, oh my God. Like it just scarred me. It yeah. burnt into my brain. <laughs> yeah. Never, 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 never. Right. <laughs> Too much. I watched the first two and yeah, I'm probably going to stop there. I don't, I don't think I'm going to move on unless they're easily accessible, mm. but I have to say I didn't, I, I liked them. Yeah. I have to say I was, I felt completely comfortable and at ease with the world that they build around you more progressively in the movies, but they don't explain anything to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a weird way to put it, but the imagery and the way, you know, Pinhead and the Cenobites show up and they just, you know, they basically just like steep you in this weird hybrid world of real life and this hell that's comprised of, you know, hell, this hellish hellscape that's comprised of people just looking for another level of like eroticism or something yeah. like they're they're done experiencing everything that they can in this life so they're just looking for something more yeah and, they're just but it, it doesn't explain any of this it just lets you witness it in in the most simplest of terms it's just a guy in a house and it happens to him you <sighs> know and, uh, you know, and then he comes back because he feeds on the blood of what leaked in the doors. It's so weird. And but it's not bad. I, I'm kind of like uh, intrigued by the like the horniness, the horny imagery totally. of this hellish. I don't know. It's very, yeah. Is it, that, is it's that very horny, too. Yeah. No, you're you're hitting it, Dale. Like it's that's very horny, especially that just the first one. It's I love I loved how you described it. Like it is. They're not concerned with giving you all the information and i really appreciate that about it it makes it a lot scarier and a lot more uncomfortable because you're like because you see that when the centibates appear you're like oh my god like there's a whole there's a whole system uh to hell or whatever but you know they're not really explaining yeah it's just like appearing in your attic all of a sudden it's just like holy motherfucking shit um and it's like yeah. it's really terrifying. You, just, you had this house before, but now it's now it's like a, a level of hell that you hadn't even known about. Yeah, but it's also a small story. And That's what I like about it. it's small. Like it's just a a guy in an attic, like slowly growing. Yeah, <laughs> as he feeds on more blood. And That's what's so interesting. Yeah, because hell is all all time, all world. You know. Yeah. But this is just there's four cenobites for one man in, in an attic. You know. Yeah. Yeah. How about, I remember the one thing that bugged me about that movie is that it, I think it, I think they shot the whole thing in Britain and the accents are all over the place. And I think they're trying to say it's in America, <laughs> but it's like clearly, oh yeah, everything totally, is yeah. very British, <laughs> but I think they yeah, were trying to make it totally. set in America. I was just so confused by that. I was like, just set it there. Like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Just like the dad and uncle Frank had. Yeah. <laughs> had like american accents but i mean like yeah i just I, I i'm just thinking about it because it's you know it's in my headspace right now but yeah. it's just like it's horny because it's um you know this couple moves into this house and the wife which is the stepmom had an affair with the brother of the husband and mm. like that's the crux what the whole movie's about and yeah. you know she's so horny for like 
the brother, even though he's just muscle and bone at a certain <laughs> point, that he's willing to kill, she's willing to kill for another piece of it. And oh. she just wants to give herself into this yeah. Frank that's a demon, but he could also give her this weird sense of pleasure. Like, she's still after yeah. this, like, erotic. Yeah. Is, are the rest of the movies this way or is it I mean I, I know they're terrible from as here someone on that, who right? watched all nine of them are there nine? Oh my god um, if you stop right now that would be my biggest recommendation you do okay. not need to see anything else but we are who we are so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yell at you for going on <laughs> but Thank you, Chuck. the third one is very different it's like it's when they I think Miramax got the rights and they kind of oh. they tried to turn it into like a 90s franchise so it's it's a it's a oh. hard left turn <laughs> right i could um, see yeah. i could see just by that description alone them trying to monetize yeah, a franchise yeah. and it's almost like i don't think the matrix was out yet but it, it feels very it's like that 90s matrixy black leather you know new york uh mm. club people like it's it's a very different animal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So. But that's cool, I man. Did it. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Those thanks. first was, two are something wild. special, I think. Yeah. I give it more credit than I ever thought I would have. Yeah. That, you know, my opinion of it before. And, uh, you know, how I never knew what Pinhead was, but I would have never guessed he was more just like a bystander. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the other weird thing is like he became such a iconic image that like they try and make him like into Freddy Krueger in the later movies, but it's like that's not what this was supposed to be. Like it's not yeah. it's not about him. He's just he's like he's just like a an expression of a of a gross feeling kind of almost. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he's just like the manifest of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh wow! Uh, wild stuff. I'm going to be thinking about them for a while, just yeah. because you know stuff like this I could obsess over because they don't give you all that you need to know. Yeah. So that's what really keeps you thinking about it. So props to you know everybody in in the Hellraiser franchise. Totally. Oh, how about that female Cenobite? She's great. Love her. Oh yeah. Gosh. <laughs> I think in the credits, the other two Cenobites had names like Butterball was one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Chomper or something yeah. was the other one. Oh, yeah. The chattering, the teeth chattering one. Yeah. 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 Chatterer or Chomper or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're burned in my, like for years I had that Fangoria with pictures of them and mm. that's like all, all I had in my head was that. Yeah. Also in, in the first two, every time somebody is playing with the, the lament configuration, is that what it's called? Um, yeah, I think so. Every time they're pawing all over this box, they're n there are no moving pieces to the actual puzzle. They're just like rubbing their thumb around the rim of the circle. Like what? Show something. Show some moving piece. That's it's so stupid. It's also it's also very sexual. Yeah, yeah. And they also never like yeah. They never like. There's never any pattern to the way the person rubs the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just like. <laughs> Whatever footage they got of their thumb on the center of the box, yeah. they just put that in there. They just threw it in in no particular order. That's right. Oh it's my like, God. I mean, you go through such lengths to buy this box from, you know, a strange, you know, like Indian man. Yeah. 
in the back of a of a hookah bar <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you think like the people that are go- that are willing to go through such lengths to uh, achieve this next level of whatever uh this thing is promising you think this puzzle box would be a little harder to solve but oh, they're yeah. just like yeah. as long as you can buy it and put your thumb on it you're you're in to whatever easy pleasurable hell yeah <laughs> yeah so that's what i oh, got lord I want to talk about, oh, before we get into this, I am going to yeah. be on the Synonauts podcast, uh, mm. I, I think I believe uh, the day after this releases, so Friday. Um, friend of the show, Ian Borja invited me on, and we're going to talk about Enter the Dragon from the, um, they talk about movies from the Criterion Collection, and uh, he knew that I owned the um, the recent Bruce Lee box set, the greatest hits of Bruce Lee that Criterion put out. Um, so yeah, I'll be on there talking about Enter the Dragon. Mm. It's going to be fun. So head over to Synonauts, uh on wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, listen to yeah. that up. That's great. Catcher, Ian, and Boom are fantastic. And they, they uh, what they do to kind of like pick apart and analyze and critique the uh, the movies that they watch. It's really something special. I, I love their podcast and totally. it's pretty cool that they're going to have you on, Chuck. Yeah, I feel uh, feel honored. We're doing a lot of guest spots lately, Dale. I know, it's look at weird. us. It's getting weird. It's the spring of Bat and Spider. <laughs> <laughs> the podcasts are mating and they're, yeah. uh, they're, they're visiting each other's little huts. <laughs> Smelling each other's uh, butts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Dale. I'm I'm out of things. Uh, let's wa- let's talk about Plan Nine from Outer Space. Let me t- let me give you the rundown of what we're talking about here. Aliens from space raise the recently dead on Earth to try and get some attention. They know Earth and its people are on a self-destructive path, and they need them to just listen to reason before it's too late. This is the Plan 9 from Outer Space, AKA Grave Robbers from Outer Space. Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about grave robbers from outer space? Plan 9 from Outer Space played on television in relative obscurity until 1980 when authors Harry Medved and Michael Medved dubbed it the worst film ever made in their book, The Golden Turkey Awards. So to think, on one hand, the Medved's you know, dub it the worst film ever mm-hmm. made. It's it it 
done wonders for the movie. Yeah, I mean, um, they probably, you know, I, I think a bad movie, like, culture around, like, cult movies and bad movies probably was in its infancy, and they probably never thought, oh, us deeming this could possibly catapult this thing into a new <laughs> yeah. uh, atmosphere of notoriety. That could be the reason why Ed Wood, the movie, was made. Ed Wood is even, you know, recognizable in yeah. terms of, you know, what they have what they did to label this movie the worst ever made, um, which has been retro-respectively described as the epitome of so bad it's good cinema. I mean, it's also heartbreaking because I think they, when the Medvets did that, it was, I think it was like a year after Ed died. Um, oh. You know, he died like penniless, uh, alcoholic, like died in his fifties. You know, he was not in a good place. Um, it, so, like, God, I mean, if there's any justice in the world, like, it, it, and if he's like an angel right now, and he, I hope to God, <laughs> Ed Wood yeah. can see all the joy he's brought to people, uh, yeah, that he never got to see uh, in his lifetime. Um, yeah, I hope somehow his spirit. <laughs> is aware yeah, yeah. I, I i want i really 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 want him to to see everyone enjoying his stuff i think i was exposed to him from the tim burton edward movie as you brought up um i saw that when it came out in 94 95 uh and i was just enthralled um but back then i had no like concept of like going like how do i even watch plan nine from like i don't even know how to do that like <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um it existed as yeah. something inside of the movie Ed Wood, and that's the only re- that's the only way you'd ever get to see something like this, right? Yeah, and it, and I wasn't like alive during the years that they, you know, like TV station, you know, like your regional station would play stuff like Plan Nine from Outer Space, you know, to fill mm-hmm. Saturday afternoons because they thought no one was watching. Um, so it was sort of just sort of just existed there without me really watching it until. Last night, basically, or the night before, whenever I watched it. Even less for me. I knew the movie existed. I didn't even know it was dubbed the worst movie ever made at a certain point. Um, I knew Ed Wood had since directed it, but that's that's all I knew. I didn't know anything about it. So putting it on, I, I followed your cue and Tubi had the black and white version as well. So yeah, I mean, yeah. Tubi, uh, once again, comes through. Yeah, they're, I mean, every black and white version I could track down on the internet, they all look like VHS rips in some form of another, form mm-hmm. or another. Um, I was, I, I'm dying to see a nice cleaned up version, but, and there's a Blu-ray out there, but Dale, it's going for $80 on the secondary market. And I'm, I'm upset about it. I'm still, I still that's, don't know. I'm healing from that's thinking about pretty, that. That's pretty crazy. It's like, just get it in print. Like whoever owns yeah. the rights. Cause I think someone right. must own it. Like, cause it's otherwise there'd be a million versions of it. Like uh night of the living dead. It does have some star power. It's got Bella Lugosi in one of his very fat, very last roles. And <laughs> Ed and Bella's relationship is very notorious. It's, you know, it's covered in the Edwin Edwood movie. It's like one of the big, biggest parts of that story. Um, You know, Bella was like the end of his life. He couldn't, he was addicted to morphine. He hadn't, no one was giving him work except, you know, just like garbage. <laughs> you know, they'd, you'd get paid to appear as Dracula, you know, it's, you mm. know, but like, like I think even like, uh, we just watched Abbott and Costello movie that he was in and 
he only got that job because one of the guys in Plan 9 from Outer Space was working at that studio at the time. And they're like, he, he heard them planning on like who to cast as Dracula. And they oh, didn't wow. even consider Bella. They thought he was dead already. Until like he wow. was like, hey, you know, well, Bella's still alive. I'm sure you could get him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god! That's how I got cat. I think it was the guy who played one of the cops in uh, Plan 9. Um, Paul Marco, I believe is his name. Um, but yeah, but Bella became sort of Ed, Ed, Ed sort of like, he was like, uh, he was like the proto, uh, John Waters. He had this crew of weirdos that just, they just like hung out pretty much. And like almost mm-hmm. everyone in this movie was in this weird group of people who were like, I was watching an interview with Vampire, uh, her real name's Myla Nermi. She was like, yeah, we were like the Hollywood D-listers, like <laughs> we were all like, like none of us are really that famous, and you know, but we were just like hanging out. <laughs> yeah, so you got like footage that Ed shot with Bella that he he just he managed to fit into this movie somehow, not very elegantly, um, and maybe <laughs> more comically <laughs> than elegant. Uh, we've got Tor Johnson, uh, who was a wrestler of the time, who was a big Swedish fellow um, who just looks amazing. I don't know. Was he rolling his, Melissa thought he was just rolling his eyes back in his head to like have those white, to make his eyes just look white. And I was like, yeah, maybe that's what he was doing. (laughs) Oh, and we have Vampira who I'm a, I'm a huge Vampira fan. I think this is after her show got canceled, but for a little, she was, she's dubbed the first horror host. She was like the very first person to introduce horror movies on TV and a station in, I think in LA. And, um, you know, she came up with this character, like a vampy, sexy vamp lady with jet black hair and mm. a, a black dress and long nails and huge eyebrows, um, black lipstick. Uh, you know, she, she sort of created that look. I mean, it was probably based on like, um, uh, like the Adams family a little bit and probably some, other, yeah. you know, just like, probably like some of Dracula's brides from older movies. Um, but she really created that look um, that, that is just so iconic and, you know, you know exactly who I'm talking about when you see Vampyra. Um, yeah. And she, like, like she's in this movie. She doesn't talk. She says she claims in some places that she asked Ed that she wanted to do her part silently because she didn't like the dialogue he had written for her. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and but she still agreed to do the movie. That's yeah, cool. and I feel like she was only there like one day. Like I, I don't know. I, I think she was not into it. <laughs> Cuz like yeah. so many of her shots are just like cut in. Like she's never in the same room as other people that are in the same scene. It's always just shots of her like you, you know, know, in a completely different place, but cut in like she's there. It's pretty great. Yeah, you know what? I'm glad you point that out because so many of the shots, especially with Vampira, was just her alone in a field yeah. or next to a house, and she's just there. She's just like cocking her head around side to side. It and it, you know, obviously it did nothing to service the film and forward it plot wise. But you, now that I now that I hear you say it, she's just. It's just clips of her edited in. Totally. It's, yeah. yeah. It's it's so 
it's so weird. And it, I mean, it just <laughs> con- contributes to the rest of the weirdness of the movie. Just for preservation's sake, it's great that she's even in there dressed up because like none of the episodes yeah. of her show survive. Like there's, I think there's like one clip that's like five minutes long or or even less that you can find on YouTube of her, of the original vampire show. But that's like the only remaining footage that survived. Like everything Whoa. was erased or just not kept. Um, wow. So it's cool to have to like, you know, cause this is very recent to her show. So it's cool to have images of her um, dressed up as vampire and just acting vampy <laughs> in, that's in pretty like important. a cemetery. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's really great. It's striking too. I mean, it's like, you see those images of her like coming at the camera with her her giant hands out. It's like, whoa. Yeah. A lot of our listeners were uh, reviewing this and they're always like across the board, like, I don't know what's going on in this movie. <laughs> and it is true. There's there's yeah. an aspect of like, because it's so disjointed and it, it feels like someone making a collage out of just like ends of footage. Um. It does like it. It does weird things with your brain, but I, honestly, at the heart of it, like I kind of got it. Even, even you know, it's like flying saucers coming to Earth, and they're just mad that Earthlings aren't, um, acknowledging their existence, and they're really pissed off about it. <laughs> yeah, it's great because you know, at from every you know level of authority other than top brass yeah i mean everybody witnesses flying saucers everybody is affected by them uh (laughs) you know policemen are killed by them (laughs) yeah but still the government says they don't exist yeah so therefore officially they don't exist and the and you know the the alien race is pissed off about it yeah and and they're gonna do something about it and like they even know that uh, the earthlings have even managed to make a computer to decode their language so they hmm. can understand what they're saying, but they're still not responding. Right. Even though I guess it's sometimes yeah. the army guy does say, Oh yeah, we've tried to talk to him, but I guess those messages were lost. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it is a mess. Like things don't make sense, story. but, but at the heart of it, it's like, and then like mm-hmm. at the end of it, the aliens reveal like, yeah, you've guys created guns, you created bombs, you made uh the atom bomb, you made the hydrogen bomb and next you're going to make what was it called the solar oh, solar night. That's it. I I found it. Yeah, solar night yeah, basically. Solar night, yeah. They it was basically like anything like the sun gives off mole- these molecules <laughs> and eventually we would learn how we we're going to explode those molecules basically like so meaning anything the sun shines on is going to be vaporized or just burnt up when we discover this, you know, but technology. But the way you hear Eros describe this <laughs> is mind numbing will take oh you on God. a trip. It's so long. Ultimately, what their goal was in to help. Um, so they were incensed that human the human race didn't recognize them. But also what they wanted to do was first bring back the dead. Yeah. As a means to start terrorizing and fighting back <laughs> the human race. Just to get them to listen. And to, just to get them to listen. They wanted to cause enough chaos to to for for the humans to recognize that they existed and they yeah. wanted to have a conversation. 
And the the raising um, of the recent dead, that is the that's the titular plan nine. Plan nine. Ah yes. Plan nine deals with the resurrection of the dead. Long distance electrode shot into the pineal pituitary glands of recent dead. Have you attempted any of this plan as yet? Yes, Excellency. How successful has it been? We have risen too so far. We shall be just as successful on more. And if that doesn't work, we're going to send one of these raised deads into your back garden and then turn on the decomposure ray. The old one must be sacrificed. Reland on Earth. Send the old one to enter a dwelling. Then cut the electrokinetic and turn on your ship's decomposure ray. The result will astound those watching. Astound them enough to delay their intention until you have gained your other recruits from the cemetery. Yes, Excellency. It'll be done. Report to me when this has been accomplished. We'll see if that works. See if that gets their attention. What happens throughout the movie is through various scenes we learn of the uh, their extraterrestrials plan, the titular plan nine, but mm-hmm. also we have different scopes, different um, witnesses witnessing these um, flying saucers. And, you know, some of the monologues that this pilot <laughs> captain can go on oh, this guy. is he is, it sounds like he, I read that he's an old Western actor. Oh, really? And I, I totally picture this guy being in an old Western saying something so impactful. Totally. He could deliver these with like these lines with importance, but it, the lines were so funny. Yeah. They were silly. I mean, they were silly, but the way the gravitas he brought, you know what I mean? Was just like, uh, are you, I mean, he's the only serious one on set. I mean, he had the cut, the chisel, he had the chin, he had the, uh, the speaking, he had the mannerisms. And then he's talking about, you know, he spends five minutes just talking about how he saw the flying saucers but basically his boss told him they didn't exist so he couldn't say anything but he really feels like he should say something because he knows what he saw i i love that whole like internal struggles having with himself in front of his wife about this it was uh from every ever since you know like that was one of the opening scenes when he saw the flying saucers outside of the plane he was flying the this cockpit set oh let's talk about this cockpit scene chuck my Um, absolute favorite set in this movie (laughs) like i mean i think what you're gonna zero in on are their their yokes right um yeah they they just look like painted plywood sort of like a a half moon shape (laughs) with a stick at the bottom coming up from the floor and like in my mind i was like oh when they grab those their hands are going to be behind it like there's stick handlebars we can't see behind but no they just just a cover they just grab the whole thing (laughs) and (laughs) and move it around and it's it looks insane i i think that's the point melissa she was watching a lot she lost it like she (laughs) was dying like she just couldn't believe those yokes (laughs) i oh yeah that's is that one of the reasons why one of her her, basically her review was lol i can't yeah no, but she she actually she she enjoyed it. Like she wasn't paying full attention, but yeah, she no. was laughing along with a lot of it. Like we were having a blast. The cockpit. I mean, it was like Chuck and I were um, <laughs> were producing a, a local community theater production of Plan Nine, and we need to make a, a cockpit scene. So we would yes. just make a door frame with a curtain, 
two uh-huh. chairs and two yokes. <laughs> two of the ugliest, no effort whatsoever. It's basically like we like we were made to make airplane yokes now, but we you know we don't have any skills. Like like I've never seen an airplane yoke. Also, <laughs> right, right? right, that too. Yeah, I was so charmed and endeared with what I was witnessing because, I mean, there's low budget movies, mm-hmm. and then there's. I don't, I'm not knocking it, but then there's yeah. Plan 9 from Outer Space where there's literally no set. It's just a drywall <laughs> drywall wall with a doorway and a curtain and two chairs and, a, and two yokes. And yeah. that's, and, but they're acting with, I mean, they're acting and they're saying their lines yes. like, like they just saw Martians out the window. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. It's beautiful. It's incredible. To, it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a feat. I love the graveyard set, like, but there are points where you see it, like, if someone brushes one of the gravestones, it'll, you'll see it, like, how, like, loosely yeah. uh, it's standing up. <laughs> like, and, and the, the flooring is all, like, it's all, like, material. There's no yeah. dirt. Yeah, yeah. Which was awesome, because you could see their shoes, like, shuffling and moving it around. Totally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. I mean, this has all the Edward Hallmarks, like using stock footage like he uses tons of like army shooting missiles like from trucks like that like all that all the army footage is just stock stuff he found and had access to um and things like bella like he had this footage of bella um but for scene they needed more scenes with him so they you know they they found a local dentist who ed kind of thought looked like bella uh and he looked even more like him if he just holds the cape up in front of his face the whole time. <laughs> so that's what they did. <laughs> so you, like some of the scenes it's Bella and, but for most of them, it's a dentist uh, from Hollywood with, with cape. the cape in front of his face. Right. Um, and they, and they just refer to him as an old man, the old man. Like, yeah. He's the not, old man. They don't refer to him as, you know, they brought him back from the dead and turned him into a vampire. He's not supposed to be a vampire. He's not supposed to be Dracula. Nope. He's just supposed to be an old man. He's an old man who looks like Dracula. <laughs> um, Fungi72, our friend from Discord, uh, Veronica comes to mind as I watch this. Mm. We will have to wait until he makes more movies, but Glenn could be our Ed Wood? Maybe. I mean, could be. Chuck's face, incensed. Chuck He's too old. Incensed. He's too old. Yeah. Glenn's in his 60s. I don't want to break the facade for anybody. Friend of the show, Gru Grux Dave. There's a lot going on here that doesn't work, but there is something Wood does a solid job of. His insights into humanity's dichotomy of balancing our fear of the unknown and technology while also being undeterred and slightly stubborn as Earth's food chain king and the blind hubris that comes with it. Pretty incredible words for his two-star review. That says, (laughs) wow. Okay. I mean, that's like, but that explains it well. Like, the themes that Ed was working with, they're kind of like, you know, they're pretty, you know, as good, good science fiction, especially in his day. That You know, that's what mm-hmm. you were concerned. You know, you were like sort of judging the present by telling these stories of the future and where we're yeah. headed. Um, and it does kind of do that. You know, it just does it with a, a flying saucer that lands in a graveyard. And when you go inside of it, it just looks like four walls and... Uh, <laughs> A bunch of radio equipment <laughs> and oh some, my gosh. Tab- it, some earth yeah. tables. <laughs> earth tables and like an earth typewriter. Yeah. <laughs> it, a great, it, I mean, it was great. Having seen bits and pieces of this movie, I was thrilled to finally sit down and just watch it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I had way more fun than I, like, 
I expected to fall asleep. Honestly, I was like, this is going to be boring, isn't it? But I, I really had a blast watching it. Um, I think it helps to have someone in the room to laugh along with you, um, to watch this, but it it really is, I don't know if you're at all enthralled with, by people with passion with, and not a lot of money. Um, this one just really hits those buttons for me. I, I just, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> I mean, on its face, yeah, it's, I'm going to say bad movie, but it's not a bad movie. But, you know, by yeah, by I any mean, movie standards, it's, yeah. you know, it's a bad movie. But to see it, I mean, it looks like, to see it look like a home video, for, but from 1959, it's a home movie yeah. with le- that level of costume and set. But also, a lot of effort went into the script and, you know, whether it makes sense or not, you had a script there for an hour and a half worth of movie. Yeah. It was a script and indeed, and everybody knew their parts. It was, you know, rehearsed and acted, whether it was well acted or not, that's not up to us, but you can tell that, um, you know, Ed Wood had a passion project and he, and he saw it through and, you know, I had fun watching this too. There was times where, you know, it had, I, I, it had trouble keeping my attention, but Um, and you know, like you said, with, with some of the absurdities with, uh, you know, Bella Lugosi, that's not Bella Lugosi at the end, you know, in, in another scene, you kind of get confused and you're just trusting <laughs> in your, in your brain that you're seeing continuity, <laughs> yeah. even though there is none, like the vampirist parts, like we talked about, you know, she's in it, but she's not, is she in it? it she's in it, yeah. but she's does nothing. Um, but man, it was, it was great. Yeah. It was great. There's also some, I just want to talk about this real quick. There was, I think the way they got some of the funding for this is that they worked with a Baptist church in Southern California. Um, and Ed kind of led them, these like ministers, <laughs> he kind of led them on sort of saying that he was making a a, a family movie, like with, you know, uh, Baptist you know, messages and stuff <laughs> like Whoa. going so far as like, like they, they wouldn't make the movie unless everyone involved was baptized. So like, like they show this in the Tim Burton movie of like every, like Ed Wood and all his cast of weirdos getting um, baptized in a pool, like at the church <laughs> so that they could make planet from outer space. It's pretty fucking great. <laughs> I was wondering what that story was because p- folks in our discord would mention it and they're yeah. just like, you know, I'm just glad we were able to, Ed was able to sucker some money out of the the church. I did not. That's, that's an incredible story. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is like that shows how Ed was like, just like how he was able to make these movies by just somehow getting, I mean, they say the budget on Wikipedia is like $60,000, like for him to like, maybe con is too strong a word, but convince a Mm -hmm. Southern Baptist church to like give him money (laughs) to make his insane uh, sci-fi movie. That is one of the most beautiful things uh, I will ever get, have the privilege of thinking about in my lifetime. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I loved it. I'm ready to watch more. I want to watch Bride of the Monster and um, mm-hmm. maybe get into some of the seedier later oh. woodwork where he was doing, uh, doing some adult films, which I have some. Um, Whoa, really? Yeah, but I kind of I kind of wanted to like watch this stuff first before I get into yeah. that. Um, I mean, since this, I, I think I'm going to tr- I'm going to try to make a point to watch Ed Wood before we uh, s- we sync up again on our next episode because I'm really <sighs> yeah. really intrigued by the man's story. It's yeah, it's really it's uh 
I love that movie to death, and I hope you uh, hope you enjoy it. Hmm. That's awesome, man. Uh, that was Plan Nine from Outer Space. Yeah. Let's uh, talk to the villagers. Or, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Excuse me. Let's talk to the bat and spiders. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw a lot of listener feedback coming in through the wire throughout today dale it was throughout the week it was zipping across i couldn't even pay attention to my uh, i i was yeah. too overwhelmed thinking about it yeah um but if you if you wanted to send in your feedback obviously send you send your feedback and we're going to deal with it when when we get it we'll cross that bridge when you <laughs> we'll hit deal send with it. yeah you can send it to uh <laughs> bat and spider pod at gmail.com for one um the official bat and spider hotline 315-544-0966 how about when the ray jams and uh, Tor starts attacking that alien? <laughs> she her ray is malfunctioning, yeah. and then Bunny just tells her to drop it. it <laughs> it's just like, and then it starts working again. Yeah. So they're like, it probably uh, un- it, it got probably fixed. unjammed when yeah. I dropped it. <laughs> it got fixed. First up, email from our friend Jim Connick. Nice. That's iTunes in the Discord. If you wanted to join our Discord and you could talk to iTunes, go to batandspider.com and find out how. Hey, Chuck. Hiya, Dale. Congratulations on hitting 50 episodes of Bat and Spider. I hope there's a foil cover variant for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, or lenticular, yeah. foil, holographic, something. Ooh, holographic would be nice. Uh, I wanted to take a minute. To say a little thank you for the podcast, I saw the first episode on Chuck's Instagram way back last April and jumped right on board despite not having seen The Driller Killer because the pod description sounded like my kind of thing. And hey, I already like Chuck. And what do you know? I liked Dale too. The launch timing was great for me. I I had a pretty rotten time from April onwards last year. Stress, depression, all the fun stuff. So taking a long walk with a podcast became a pretty much daily routine to try and balance myself. And I was very happy to add Bat and Spider to the rotation. The pod also made me take the shrink wrap off some films I own and shuffle them up in the watch list so I could properly enjoy some of the episodes. Yes. I'm grateful for the community on Discord, too. Even though I didn't jump in until recently, it's been nice to drop in and chat with like-minded folks and has expanded my letterboxed following a good bit, too. Sorry for getting a little deep here, but episode 50 seemed like a good a time as any to say a proper thank you to both of you for what you do. Here's to many more. Cheers, Jim. Wow. Wow. Jeez. Jeez. My heart is a flutter. Jim. Thank you, Jim. Sappy. Wow. That means a lot, Jim. I mean, this yeah, this year has been really shitty, and we're coming up on a year of it. I mean, we're yeah. we're here at a year of it. Yeah, I think we are at a year. Um, um yeah, yeah, it's uh, so, yeah, but you know, uh, it, this has been really great experience. Um, and I don't, I don't think we plan on yeah. uh, ending this little experiment anytime soon because it's uh. You know, just as a, you know, if it helps you on your walk and keeps you from uh, the darkness, uh, I think I I can probably speak for Dale that it does the same for us on our end. Um, You know, it's, uh, Mm -hmm. it's, it's good for our souls. Yeah, absolutely. And to hear any kind of feedback that it's maybe helping other people too. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, And yeah, Chuck and I can confirm um, Jim Connick showed us pictures of his movie room 
Oh, and God. Man alive. If you if you want to join Discord just to take a peek at these bad boys, mm. uh, it's impressive. And the fact that we we could help him uh, take the shrink wrap off any number of those um, Blu-rays that he yeah. owns. It's an impressive feat. <laughs> a library, you might say. Next up is from Tim Hamilton. Tim Hamilton's the one of the latest people to review us on iTunes. So thank you, Tim. And thank you for anybody out there who has reviewed us on iTunes because it goes it goes towards a lot um it goes towards helping the show a lot so you know reviewing an itunes still holds some sort of merit and sway uh, don't ask me how that's that's algorithms for you mm-hmm. tg hamilton says i didn't watch plan nine i watched four hours of justice league they said the f word a few times love your show tim <laughs> you're right i can confirm they said the f word a few times it was jarring yeah uh in honor of of the uh four hour f-word movie tim i noticed he tweeted out uh he tweeted out some some old work of his like uh he, he's an illustrator i hope i'm not outing him but he i think he worked on some justice league comics in the 90s and uh he tweeted out some of those pages um oh that's great that's great uh, but yeah, follow if you if you check out his Twitter, you can find these things that he 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 worked on. Some good stuff. It's I mean, I say that like an asshole. Uh, Tim is an amazing. <laughs> he's he's a really good artist. Like he's very. He does so many kinds of art. Like he is. Uh, yeah. He's like a um a chameleon. The 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 level of styles he can do. Love it. His iTunes review top. I mean, I'm I'm gonna be showing oh, that to my grandkids. And they're going to be like, I don't understand what this Mm -hmm. has anything to do with you or anything. And I'm just going to be laughing while I take another sip of my seltzer. Right. And they're going to be like, Pappy, Pappy, what about the time (laughs) Uncle Tim reviewed us on iTunes? What about that, Pappy? And they're like tugging at your uh, shirt. And then they just bring it up on their little eye projector. And they like, (laughs) Pappy, Pappy, I'm going to bring it up on the wall for us right now. Sink. Let's let's sink each other. Oh let's God. sink with each other in our implants, our futuristic implants, Pappy. I'm begging them to show me how to uh, project Plan Nine um, on the wall so I can watch it. Um. <laughs> right. That's all you want. That's all you want. But they just want to watch some. I don't know. Hopefully, a cleaned cartoons. up version of the black and white. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh. Next up, Mr. Kevin Cablasto. You know. I know. Hey guys, congrats on 50 episodes. 2020 was a hell of a year, but I think the history books will always remember it as the year that Bat and Spider hit the digital airwaves. Mm. I remember listening to episode 49 thinking, these guys will never make it to episode 50. And yet here we are. (laughs) I thought he was going to be serious. I was like ready to put the whistle down. And then he pulled this one. He pulled that line out and I was, he got it. You got us. Uh, Chuck, thanks for letting me live on... Chuck, letting me... All right, let's just reset. Yeah, okay. Chuck, thanks for letting me live in your walls for six months. And Dale, thanks for carrying me around in a basket while I posted about deals in the Discord and murdered your lovers. Uh, You guys have created Fright the Bumunity on the interweb, and we're all deader for it. Oh, man, yes. Thanks for the year of the scare. All my love, Cablasto. P.S. Please unban me from the Discord. 
Well, Never. Kablasso, we told you the stipulations that you would have to do to get unbanned from the Discord, and you have made no effort. Yeah, so. you, yeah you know what those are. Um, so, mm-hmm. And we'll know when you've done that. Seriously, though, uh, that was very sweet of him to write. Um, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Kablasto. <laughs> Hiding in my walls. <laughs> He's looking through your uh, the eyeball of your Altered States poster yeah. behind you right now. Right now. I can see the glint. Plan nine, and this is a voicemail from our friend Dirk Feelgood. Oof. He prefaces his uh, voicemail by saying, hey, hey, hey up, fellas. A voicemail for your show. After you've played it, please explain to Chuck, I didn't mean the end to sound as patronizing as it does. <laughs> I, re- I really wanted to say that the art he does for the show each week is fantastic, <laughs> and I don't think it gets said enough. The last few weeks especially have been next level. I recognized I was three minutes deep and I was sleep deprived, so didn't come out as I wanted. Peace out, brothers. Off to enact Plan 638 to try and get my new baby to sleep. Mm. Love Dirk. Oh, congrats, Dirk. Yeah. A new, uh, yeah, Dirk welcomed a new um, member of the Bat and Spider family into this world. Yeah. Pretty we're gonna exciting. Get that baby, we're going to get that baby uh, Bat and Spider onesie. Oh, yeah, for sure. And ship it to, uh, through the post to England. The post. Did you get the post yet? We'll have uh, Hedwig deliver it through his <laughs> mail slot. <laughs> Hello, this is Dirk. Dirk, feel good calling in. How are you guys doing? Are you all right? When I was a wee whippersnapper, science fiction was my gateway drug into the unknown. And I read about Plan 9 from Outer Space in one of my magazines, and I was fascinated about it. So much so that I sent off for a t-shirt from one of them adverts in the back, one of them places, like where you could get x-ray specs and them fish, when you put them on your palm, they curl up if you're telling the truth or something like that. And I would wear that t-shirt proudly around town. But nobody ever came up to me and said, Oh, I've seen Plan 9 from Outer Space. Don't have a conversation about it but now thanks to the magic of bat and spider i can have that conversation and how about that title plan nine from outer space i love that it's unashamedly one of the greatest movie titles in the history of the world a lot of people rag on the sets and that, but what do you expect? It was the 1950s. I don't think they even had metal back then. <laughs> and it's so inspiring to me, this film, seeing all these people acting their hearts out. And I'm sat there thinking, well, I could probably do that, you know. And it makes me think, how come I haven't been in a movie? Maybe I could be in a movie. <laughs> For me, the worst thing about Plan 9, though, is the plot. I mean, there's three funerals in the first 16 minutes. <laughs> I didn't know if this was a sequel to that That's Richard true. Curtis film with Hugh Grantin or what. <laughs> and the dialogue. Oh, Becky thump. At one point, the military guy fires uh, rockets at a spaceship for about three minutes straight. And then afterwards, his mate comes up to him and goes, oh, you worried about them? Was he worried about them? He just fired flipping loads of rockets at them. What do you think you were doing? You weren't happy about it, were you? And the uh, plan... Nine, the titular Plan Nine. Yeah, I had mm-hmm. struggled to get my head around what they were doing. They were reanimating corpses <laughs> to prove that aliens existed. Oh, I don't think he thought that one through, did he? But what an experience! And it's sad to see that even alien races 
uh, mansplain things, don't they? How about that guy mansplaining electro guns to that uh, female alien? I was cutting yeah. me head at him. God, just let her just do it. Oh, but thank you, Batman Spider, for this shared wonderful experience. And it's 5 a.m. in the morning over here, and I'm walking around the kitchen with a sleeping two-week-old baby oh. in my hands, and I just want to say, Happy birthday, Batten Spider! Well, I know it's not really your birthday. 52 would be your birthday, wouldn't it? Or would it be 53? I can't quite work it out. But 50 just sounds nicer. So, happy birthday. I love everything that you guys do. Chuck, every single week, your art gets better and better. Keep doing it. I love you. Bye. Ah, uh, he's too sweet. That was yes. not offensive at all to me. <laughs> I was expecting something much worse. Right. It's kind of like what you just did to Tip Hamilton's art. Exactly. I just did it. Yeah. So, it, we're, we suffer, we, you know, it happens. God, what a what a voicemail! Wow, I love that I detail know. of him owning the Plan Nine shirt as a kid, and he ordered it from the back of a magazine. Ah, oh, that's heaven! And I hope we cleared up some of the confusing plot for him in our discussion. Absolutely, I think <laughs> I think we definitely ironed all that out. Yes, <laughs> it's flat. No. <laughs> Next, uh, a voicemail. Bat and Spider. It's Corey from Austin, Texas. I am assuming you're going to have a ton of voicemails and emails for your big 50th. So I'll keep it brief. Congratulations on your 50th. Thanks for being there for us during the pandemic and beyond. And we really are all like looking forward to at least 50 more episodes if y'all can handle it. And if not, we'll survive. But, you know, I hope you make it. All right. Thanks again, guys, for everything. Thank you, Corey. Thanks, Corey. Corey, an early booster of Bat and Spider. Yeah. He's been there since uh, the beginning. Town. He goes on the the Hall of Fame when we get our uh, little plaque put up in the uh, VFW for Bat and Spider. (laughs) I did like he saying it's okay if we don't do fifty more. That was nice. Yeah, that was nice. It was. Yeah, it kind of let us off the hook for the first time. It feels like. I feel like I can breathe again. Yeah. (laughs) Like as much as it it was hard to let ET go back home. You gotta let him go home, man. Gotta let him go home. John Lithgow had to beat the shit out of Harry <laughs> to get him to go back in the woods, but, you know, it's what was best. Hey, Bat and Spider. How you guys doing? Uh, this is Jamie Filer. Haven't talked to you in a while. Sorry about that. I've just been super busy and, you know, life, craziness, whatever. But I uh, just wanted to send you guys a message. First off, tell you congratulations on the big five zero. Can't wait till you get the big one oh oh hundred. I don't it sounded better in my head. It really did. But it's fine. We'll go move on. Yeah. So uh tonight you guys are reviewing Plan Nine from Outer Space. Uh I want to thank you all because I'm an old punk rocker. Uh the first punk rock band I ever heard. My my gateway drug was the Misfits. Mm. Definitely heard of Plan Nine from Outer Space. Always saw those images of Tor and Vampira, things like that. But I never watched the movie. Like, I don't know why. It's one of the most easy to find movies anywhere. You can, you know, even before YouTube and Tubi and all that, it was like an every dollar store for Halloween, right? But uh, unfortunately, I never watched it. And I thought, this is the time. I got to do it. So I did it. And surprisingly, I actually found it really fun. It's kooky. It's got problems, of course. But, uh, you know, it's what, a $12 budget? Maybe. 
but <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I I love tour. Like I I'm a, oh, I yeah. enjoy wrestling. Believe it or not, I actually used to be a indie pro wrestler myself. So hello. Uh, I love that history, and I'm not familiar with him at all, but now I want to go YouTube a bunch of his old matches and watch him. That dude's huge. He is like a monster, right? Yeah. But uh, Vampira, ooh la la. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, very weirdly one of the queens of goth, right? Uh, And old Bella Lugosi, how cool is that? So, yes, there was problems about it. It is a weird, wonky movie, and I'm still just kind of like, as soon as that Indian hit, I was like, and this is it, right? We're done? Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, the best thing, I, I wrote a little note in my sketchbook that put it as, I felt like it was narrated like a comic book, acted like a play, but somehow still was just a movie, right? Yeah, but at the wow. same time, I had a lot of fun with it. I hope you guys enjoyed it too, and if not, hey, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just another one to add to the pile, right? But uh, anyway, congratulations. <laughs> hope you guys are doing great, and I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Oh, that was a great voicemail. Thanks, Jamie. Um, yeah, yeah, I meant to say that uh, the narration that pops up in plan nine, it feels like you're reading a, like a Stan Lee comic book where he's narrating things that are happening on the screen. Like, like I think at the one of the funerals, he's like, like the narrator says, and the people left the funeral and then you watch them walk away from the funeral. And it's like, why, why did he say that out loud? It didn't need to be narrated. Um, (laughs) and he, he, an awful lot he uh he narrates what the actors are feeling for us yes in case we you know we probably <laughs> didn't know at the time what they were feeling but he he tells us what they're feeling so that's good the grief of his wife's death became greater and greater agony the home they had so long shared together became a tomb a sweet memory of her joyous living The sky to which she had once looked was now only a covering for her dead body. Oh, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and thanks for bringing up the Misfits. I I totally... That is a huge connection for me as well. I'm a big Misfits Misfits guy. So, Chuck, that was it. That was the end of our uh, correspondence. Yeah. Thank you, you everybody, for sending it in. That was uh, wonderful of you. We love you very much, and uh, you keep us energized and going. Yeah, thank you so much for all the congratulations on doing 50 of these dumb things. And yeah, yeah. as long as we're having fun, we'll keep doing it. We hope you're having fun too. Yeah, agreed. Dale, what are we going to watch next week? <laughs> okay. Eraserhead? I... <laughs> Man. I know one of these days I'll do it, but I am so, I've only, I got sucked in, um, I don't know what I was doing. I might've been working nights and I mm-hmm. came home and I should have been going to bed, but I turned on the TV and I just, I, at, for, I was like sucked in for a half hour at least of this movie. And I think I either watch it till the very end or I forced myself to change channel because I was just enthralled with what, what was happening because I didn't know what it was and I yeah. was tired and I should have been going to sleep. It's like a fever dream. But nothing like that was happening with Eraserhead on the screen. <laughs> Where do we go from here? There's no pressure. It's uh, episode 51. Oh, yeah. No pressure. This is going to be one of those ones where we kind of we kind of lean outside of the wheelhouse a little bit. But Ooh. our mission remains true Always. and focused. Always. Okay. I've been dipping my... Dipping my... um. 
viewing eyes into the world of Andy Sedaris over the past couple months. He's famous for for his uh, Bullets, Bombs, and Babes. Or, more aptly, Babes, or Bullets, Bombs, and Boobs. And we're going to (gasps) watch... Wow. 1985. In this erotic spy tale, Private Eye Cody Abilene teams up with Contessa Luciana and policewoman Beverly McAfee to infiltrate a mansion and discover who is sending computer secrets to the Russians. I am so on board. Uh, Starring Sybil Danning. I'm a big Ah, fan of hers. (laughs) Um, She's fantastic. I mean, look at this cover. It's this poster. It's a man with his pecs and abs out with two beautiful women. He's holding the biggest Magnum 44 I've ever seen. It might be a, a little bit exaggerated. Behind him, there's like a yacht and then a helicopter. And in the top right, there's a sports car. And then there's some action, more action shots at the bottom. Um, Dale, this is right in our wheelhouse. I mean, I know, I know we're, everyone calls us a horror pod and maybe that's our own fault for always, you know, always saying yeah, we do right. horror. But, but to me, this is like, this is exactly this our is, wheelhouse. Yeah. Chuck, I don't know how to say it. This is what we need for the next episode. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Andy Sedera. So he did Hard Ticket to Hawaii, which I've heard you talk about. Uh, and I've never seen. Um, Fantastic film. Five yeah, stars for me. I'm very excited to um, be exposed to this. It's on Tubi. God. Sound the Tubi alarm. And it's also, these Blu-rays, my friend, are very cheap to come by. So. Oh, really? Maybe uh, maybe worth looking into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will be watching it on my own copy of the Blu-ray. Oh, that's beautiful. God, isn't that the best when we do a movie that yeah. you own on Blu-ray? Oh, I love it. I bought it. I get to watch it for the show. That means I'll actually watch it. I'll do it. I'll pull a Jim Connick and pull the shrink wrap off. <laughs> do it live on our Just Insta. Packing heat from Texas to Malibu Beach. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to me on Synonauts tomorrow. Uh, for Enter the Dragon in, uh, in uh, the mm. Crypt Keeper's Coffin. We got another episode coming Saturday. And yeah, uh, review us, love us, shower us with gifts. Um, and we'll, we'll see you next week, right, Dale? Chuck, love you. Love you, bud. Sweet listeners, love you. Until next time. theme song was created by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Find out more at whipsongmusic.com. At the two hours and 22 minute mark? What's, what are we doing? Is that normal? <laughs>